Hello, this is Charles Brennan. Oh, I love trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. Anything ragged or rotten or rusty. Yes, I love trash. If you really want to see something trashy, look at this. Go in the trash. Go in the trash.
Yeah. 
everyone, it's Alicia from Ambien. I would like to welcome you to our interview with Charles Bradley. Hello. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Thank God. I just want to say welcome back to Toronto. We're very excited to have you, not just in our city, but on Ambi today. I love it here. I love it here. I, I just said one thing back then. I say, if um, Donald Trump won't win the election, I'm moving here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be seeing a lot more of you in Canada. Yes, yes. It's a beautiful country. It's amazing to see all the festivals and sold-out shows you've been playing. So kind of let us know how your summer's been so far. My summer's been very, very busy, but it's been very warming. And I always thought I was, you know, performing for the, the middle age and the older, but I'm seeing that the youngest is coming toward me with so much love and greatness. Huh. And I feel honored because I love giving positive attitudes positive meaning message to the world. And I think the young kids, uh, young young men, young ladies is begin to 
hear what I'm saying to him, being as an open person. What's it mean to you to know that you have such unity, yet diversity at the same time between your fans? Because even though they're all different ages, they all come together at these shows. You can tell that everyone is kind of joined in this singular moment when they're at their concert. So what does that mean to you? It is so beautiful. I was, a uh, matter of fact, one of my band members, Katie, told me about his, um, his friends. They named his first child Charles Bradley. Did they really? <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so like, wow, it's just that, you know, it's make me not, the way I feel, not, it's not all about me no more. It's about the world and love that I feel from the world. So I try to keep myself humble, straight, and honesty, where I can give my love and show it. My favorite thing about you being on tour, aside from seeing you live, because I have seen you a few times, is just seeing the photographs that you send out through your socials of you in the crowd, getting right in there with the people and hugging everybody. It's just such a nice thing to see, and it just seems like your tours are all about positive vibes. So tell us a little bit about those positive vibes. What have been some of the best moments so far? <laughs> what really started me doing that, I'm telling you, I was in um, someplace in California, and I reached out to shake hands, mm -hmm. and before I knew it, they had me up in there. <laughs> really? <laughs> They were passing me around. That's right so cool. And it was so stunning to me. When they put me back on stage, I was like, <laughs> I was shocked. And I felt the love of people. And I said, my mother always told me I'm very sensitive. Huh. And so I felt the love of people. And now I'm letting it out yeah. to be the person I am. Uh, every show, you're just like, bring it on. I'm yes, feeling the love yes, tonight. Yes. <laughs> and we just got to do the show enough. San Francisco, oh my God, that was breathtaking. This is part of this global tour. You're going to be hitting up France, Germany, Switzerland, Portugal. It seems like you've toured so many spots, but is there anywhere that you'd still love to bring your music that you've yet to? I want to go, I really want to go to um, Japan. I haven't reached there yet. And I want to, and I want to go to Vietnam because that's when my brother was in the war. And I want to go there and express my love, you know? And then, I want to get you to the, the pods in Africa where I can try to make a difference there. I want to go where the world need me and I want to be humble enough that I can give it. You're now touring in support of Changes, your latest record release, but you actually dropped a beautifully done video for Good To Be Back Home. What was it like putting that together? Because I was traveling so much, <laughs> you know, and you're seeing so many places yeah. and seeing so many people's personalities and all of this. Wow. And uh, I've been away from U.S. It's always going. Yeah. And then when I came home, I said, whoa, <laughs> I'm back home. Good to be back home. So that's where I really came from. Do you still call Brooklyn home? Not as much as I used to. Okay. Because when mom was alive, that was home. You know, because every time I came home, I always went home to mom. Oh. And she said, my sister said, uh, Mom, Charles, tell my baby come here. <laughs> and when I come home, you know, sometimes we get late, she said, Son, get out of these covers and get in bed. I said, Mom, you got too much cover on the bed. I'm like, what I said, boy. <laughs> so I'm always like, when I'm around moms, I'm It feels just, like home. Yes, you, you feel oh. home. But now since she's gone, ooh, that song changes. When I sing that song, I sing that song from the depths of my soul. Because she was the one that really said, song, that song have you in it. Sing it. The part that hurts me the deepest when it says it took so long 
too realize I can still hear her last goodbye. That's the part that, oh my God. Oh, you're making me tear that. up. It's so, it's so oh, beautiful. It's so truthfully, even when I sing this song, I get emotionally. Of course. Yes. Well, it initially came from the song Changes. It was a yes, Black Sabbath yes, song. Do you yes. remember the first time you heard it and connected to it, or was it later on? Once it was Tom Brennan uh, told me that he wanted me to do it. I never heard of the artist before. Oh, okay. And today brought it to my attention. And then when I listened to the lyrics, and my mother was sick at the time, and I was going to it, I didn't want to really do it. Then I listened to it, and I watched my mother was just moaning and groaning, she was suffering. And I kept listening to the song, to that. Now, that last verse, what I just said to you, that stuck. I had to learn it. The first verse, I had to keep going over and over until I got it into my mind. But that last verse, it's just that when I was... Um, I was like in my bed downstairs, and my little niece said, Uncle Charles, come upstairs. Nana acting strange like she's not breathing. So I came upstairs, and I saw the eyes trickling like this, right? And I saw the one standing still. I said, Ma, she was gone. And I went crazy. But that verse, it took so long to realize I can still hear her last goodbye. And now all my days have turned to tears. My dad said, Mom, I wish I can go back and change these years. That song stuck to my heart. And when I do that song today, ooh, I just close my eyes and I can see her last goodbye. So that's why that song so deeply to me. And I, I had to learn it. And now it's like to me, one of my favorite songs. I love how a piece of music was able to actually help you through such a rough yeah, time. Like, it really did help me through my changes. For the video that we were talking about, I know that it features Nikki the Parrot. What can you uh, tell us about <laughs> Nikki? Every time I leave home, he gets mad. He started <laughs> screaming. You've had him for a very long time, I haven't you? I've been going 26, 27 years. Wow. He was a little baby when I got him. And he, and you know, that's why I say if you ever get a, a parrot on my call, never get the one with the orange tummy. Okay. They call it to get attached to one person. And they want you around them. And when you when I go home and I reach in the cage to pick him up, he wanna bite me. And I say, Okay, here, bite me. Yeah. And then he'll just <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> I had him a long time though. He done been through a, a lot of changes with me. Yeah. But just speaking to birds, you've actually been dubbed the Screaming Eagle of Soul. And I absolutely love that because it just feels almost like a superhero name. So aside from having the power of delivering soul to all of your fans, if you could have any superpower, which would it be? My Christ, my spirit in, in Jesus Christ. My spirit in... I ain't saying this like, I'm going to tell the truth as a people, but I say it a lot of time on stage. I say, I know some of you are non-believers. I know some of you are believers. Some of you are Baptist, Catholic, Jehovah's Witness, whatever, you know. And I said, I'm not looking at a building to label you. I know there's a spirit out there. I know it's a creator. So whatever you chose, chose your heart and your love. Your love is the greatest key of life. And that's where God lives at. So I don't look at a building to say, the label be able to say who you are. I look at your heart and your heart, your character, how you carry yourself to this world, to know that there's truly a living spirit out there that carry all of us. 
I feel like those are such great parting words. So I just to, to wrap things up. Are there anything anything else you want to say to all of your fans viewing? Or I just want to thank everybody that believed in me, that gave me an opportunity, coming out of the darkness, living on my own since I was 14 years old, and then when I came over here and traveled to the world, you made me come out of the darkness, and all the things I've been afraid of. Now you give me the light to see again. They know there is some real people out there. And if I can give you the depths of my soul to show you, I say thank you all for this opportunity. I keep doing it. I just want to say congratulations on everything. And thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if you're ready for this. We got the uh, screaming eagle to soul. Charles Bradley. this way to show you that I'm just walking this planet with love in my heart and it's all for you. Thank you.
found true love, honesty, pureness from the heart. They always want something from me. They don't want my depths or my soul. She was a beautiful lady and wild and running around. She had a lot of, she was a beautiful lady, a lot of men liked her. And she just was seeking her own dreams of what she wanted to do. She did the best of her ability of doing it. But I just got tired of being, getting whipping. I ain't gonna say that I was a all good child. Every child do something bad and once in a while. And when I got 14 years old, I just said, if I'm not wanted, I'm gone. And I left. Why is it so hard? I was living in the streets, living in the subway trains, living anywhere I can live at, um, being abused by so many things. Uh, and I saw myself going down. Everybody was that time was using drugs, shooting up, getting high. And I was afraid of needles. And through my faith in God, it just kept me afraid of needles, so I never Endorse you take any drugs. A land with milk and honey. A land supposed to be built with love. And I graduated from being a cook. And uh, then I got me a, a band. I had a band in Job Corps. And that's what really made me like it and everybody was starting to be friendly toward me. They was always friendly toward me, but I was wondering why they being too friendly toward me, because in the hood, in the ghettos, everybody ain't friendly to you. When they're friendly, they want something from you. But in Job Corps, everybody just want to be friends. This waitress asked me for a medium rare burger. Now, I know how to do this so well. So this lady did not like what I did. She took the burger, she said, I don't like this, give me another one. So I gave her three burgers. She didn't like them, so I got a little angry. I took the burger, went to you, and said, excuse me, sir, anything wrong with this burger? He said, I was just getting ready to leave. 
I said, are you happy? He said, thank you very much. So the lady came. You don't come out here and bother my customers like this. I said, madam, if you just do your job and start making my job so difficult, I wouldn't have to go through all these changes. She said, oh, you're just alike. That's what she said to me. I said, it takes one to know one. She said, I'll fix you. I didn't know what she was talking about. I came to work the next day doing my same setup. This guy came in the kitchen, this big guy, 200-something pounds, picked me up, threw me against a wall, knocked me out cold. I fell on the floor. Then I snapped back. I said, what's wrong with you? And he grabbed me. And I said, man, listen to my side of the story. You messing my old lady? I said, man, come on. He started beating me in the face. And I looked under the, the, free, the freezer, and I saw this pig fork, and I grabbed the pig fork. He jumped off me. Police and came and came and put the gun on my head and said, you move again, you're dead. I said, man, this guy, I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. I went in jail, stayed in jail, about two months, three months, and they let him go. Mom said, son, come home, let me know you. You're not coming home to a stranger. She said, son, I know what you're going through. Come on. I came home. I got very sick. I saw myself leaving this room. I had gave up. When you're leaving this room, you go to a tunnel. So peaceful. The body just don't want to fight no more. And mother said, no, son. Snap out of that. Mother, just leave me alone. Let me sleep. They called ambulance. Took me to Woodhull. They put me in isolation. Uh, gave me penicillin. I'm totally allergic to penicillin. I was going out of this room. My brother came there and looked over there and saw me. He said, if you don't want to live for yourself, please, brother, live for me. So my brother said to me, John, you got to stand tall. Because life is full of sorrow, heartache, and pain. I said, God. Let me live or call me home. I'm tired of suffering. It was hard to sing the lyrics, but it's had to start from the bottom in me to come out of me. And now I'm beginning to be able that I can sing it and talk it. Before I couldn't do that. I would just take any of James Brown's song that would be joyful and get on the scream and holler and just have fun with it. But now the world gave me a chance to let me know I have a voice. Now I got to go inside.
the deepness of going out.
I write uh, the last tune you're going to do for us is Changes, the, yes. which is a tune by Black Sabbath. You don't strike me as the average Black Sabbath man. How did this tune cross um, your path? Mr. Tommy Brennan asked me to do this song. Never heard of the guy, but the lyrics was so powerful. And that was going through the crisis. My mom was very ill, and I was watching her suffer, and it's hurted me to my heart. And I didn't want to do the song, but um, the first verses was very hard for me to learn because I didn't want to accept it. But when I saw my mom when she took her last breath, the second verse just came so natural. I didn't have to rehearse it. I didn't have to think about it. I look at it when she said her last goodbye to me. And boy, even today when I sing that song, I get truly emotional in that. Well, it's a beautiful version, man. They're they're gonna. I think they'll all agree with me once they hear it. Oh 
Charles Bradley, please uh, give him as much thank you applause as you possibly can. Charles, that was fantastic. That's Ben on guitar back there. You never have too many Bens in the room. Thank you guys for coming out. But thank you. once again, man, thanks. Keep I really up. appreciate it.